Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. True Christianity is a whole lot more than an adherence to a set of scriptural doctrines about God and how we should live our lives. Christianity? Well, it revolves around a person, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and our relationship with God through Him. Many people like to think of themselves as Christians because they believe about Christ and that He came to earth from heaven to save us from our sins. But the real question we should be asking ourselves is whether or not we truly know him and know him personally. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Peter Ramsey discusses what can be called the touchstone of Christianity, that is, the preciousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is the Lord Jesus Christ precious to you? This is the bottom line test of a true believer. The Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 7, Unto you then, who believe, he is precious. So how about it? Is the Lord Jesus Christ precious to you? And if so, why? We trust that today's message will help you to appreciate again the preciousness of Christ and to discover it for yourself if you haven't already. Wonderful to have a moment in your life when the burden was lifted. You have a moment like that? Everyone going to heaven has a moment when the burden was lifted. Just when I was coming up here, my wife and son were driving me to the airport, and we had a few minutes to kill. We were in Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. We drove away from Swiss Chalet, and we just went up a couple of blocks. We went to 32 Gerald Street. That doesn't mean anything to you. And we drove around in behind 32 Gerald Street, and I looked up in the attic. There's a little outlook in the top of the house. I say, where are you going with this story? I said, it was that room there on the left. I trusted Christ as my Savior. You have a room like that? Some place in the world where you did business with God? A moment, a personal, precise, precious moment in your life when the burden was lifted. I remember that night so clearly, June the 2nd. It was 1969. A lot of things happened in 1969. They landed on the moon in 1969. There was a big rock festival in 1969. Sesame Street made its debut in 1969. A lot of things happened in 1969. But the greatest of all events that happened in 1969, you might choose to differ with me, but the greatest, I can assure you, the greatest of all events that happened in 1969 happened on June the 2nd when a 12-year-old boy all alone in an attic bedroom, no one coaching him, no one getting him to say a prayer, all alone on his knees, kneeled over his bed with his Bible open 
And I discovered that I was a sinner that had the sins and that Jesus was a Savior who died to take away my sins. I remember thanking God for His Son that night and getting in bed. And there were a lot of nights that I couldn't sleep because I was troubled about my sin. But that night I couldn't get to sleep for a different reason. I was so happy the burden was lifted. The burden was gone. Oh, my friend, if you don't know what we're speaking of, you're missing out on the greatest blessing of life. And we're going to read in 1 Peter chapter 2 and going to see if you can relate to this word precious. Precious. The Apostle Peter is writing to believers, those who are already saved. 1 Peter chapter 2 Verse 3, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, there are a number of stones mentioned here, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also, speaking to believers, as lively or living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Verse 6, Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him should not be confounded. Now verse 7, we've been reading about a living stone, we've been reading about a rejected stone, precious stone, We've read about a cornerstone. Are you familiar with the expression, the phrase, or the term, a touchstone? The touchstone. Don't talk about touchstones today, but a touchstone was a stone. It's used way back 500 B.C. It was just like a black piece of rock. Black, flat piece, flint-like rock. And people come up and said, I have some gold here I want to sell to you. And... Skeptical, wondering how do I know that it's real? How do I know that it's authentic? How do I know that it's genuine? And they would take the gold and they would strike it on the black flint rock. Just drag it down like that. And that streak on the rock, if it turned a certain color, they said, yes, it's gold. It was called a touchstone. It was the indicator of whether it was real or not real, genuine or not genuine, authentic or fake, a fraud, called a touchstone. We have more sophisticated means today of determining whether something is real gold, real silver, or a look-alike. But it's called a touchstone. Now here is, we're going to read a verse that is a touchstone to whether a person is truly a Christian or not. Verse 7, unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. I want you to look at that section of the verse. Unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. I know you can look at it, you theologians, and say it's rendered, that it's an honor, it's of a great value to believe on Christ. To those who believe is the preciousness and is the honor to those who believe. 
But it also means this. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious. Because it is writing about the people's perception of Christ. You either believe he is precious or you don't. You know, we've been reading there and about the head of the corner, the stone that was rejected. And, and there's an old picture there, a Jewish people, and they were building a temple, let's say, of salvation, a way to God, a temple to God. And one stone after another is carefully cut out, selected, put in place into that building to God. And then there is one stone that doesn't meet with their expectations. Someone hands it to the builders and the builder looks at the stone and says, eh, no, this is not what we're looking for. And they heave the stone away, said, this is not what we want. This isn't the stone we need. And the weeds, long grass, grow up around it. They're completing their building and they find, ah, there's something missing. Something missing. There's a stone that's missing. And they're looking every. Maybe you're looking everywhere for that which is missing in your life. And they go over and they're searching all around. And there, in the long grass, there is that stone that previously was rejected. And they bring that stone out and they said, Oh, this is a stone. We rejected it initially. But this is exactly the stone that we need. That is the story of the Jewish nation. When Jesus came the first time, they said we were looking for a Messiah, but we didn't expect that he was going to be born in such a lowly way and that he was going to live such a humble life and that he was going to die on the cross. This doesn't meet with our expectations. And they rejected him. He was too lowly. They were looking for a liberator, one that would overthrow the Roman Empire and set them free. And so they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is coming a day when the nation of Israel, they will be looking for him and he will come and they'll say, oh, we rejected him. He was despised and rejected of men. He was wounded for our transgressions. The very one that we put on the cross is our Messiah. I want to ask you tonight, is it possible that you have been rejecting Christ? You don't think He's precious? The Apostle Peter is writing to people who believe He is precious. There are a number of people in this room, and if I was to ask them to put up their hands, who believes that the Lord Jesus Christ is precious? I'm sure their hands, if they could put both hands up, they would put both hands up. I was on my knees in my bedroom today and I was just trying to go over a long list of things to the Lord that I was thankful for. And I was thanking Him for my wife Joy and how our paths ever crossed. And I was thanking them for Jana and Stephanie and Lucas, our children. And I was thanking Him for a little home to live in and I was going over a whole long list. Did you go over a list today? Thankful to the Lord for a lot of blessings. Then I got to a point where there was something that I thanked the Lord for that was superior to living in a home. Something that transcended having a little family. Something that surpassed having a dear wife. 
I thank the Lord today for the Lord Jesus Christ and for Christ dying for my sins upon the cross. And I told God, Thy Son, Your Son is precious to me. Thanks, Lord Jesus, for dying for a sinner like me. Come from your heart today? Has it ever come from your heart? All of these things in life, is there something that eclipses all other blessings? And you just cannot refrain or hold yourself back from thanking God for the Lord Jesus Christ and telling Him He is precious. That's the difference between someone who's going to heaven and someone who's not going to heaven. Peter said, Unto you, therefore, which believe He is precious. It's like, to whom it may concern. I am writing to a group of people who believe He is precious. I understand that there's another whole category out there in the world, and He really doesn't mean anything to them. Oh, yes, they believe He was a tremendous teacher. But knowing that Jesus Christ was a tremendous teacher won't take you to heaven. Knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ did miracles will not take you to heaven. Many people in the world tonight believe that Jesus Christ was a good man, that He was a tremendous humanitarian, a great benefactor. But you could know all of those things about the Lord Jesus Christ and die in your sins and never be in heaven. You know what God's bottom line is? It's not what church you attended. We have one desire, and it's not that you join this church. Our one desire, you be saved. That you would experience God's greatest blessing, the blessing of eternal salvation. That you would come out of your sins, that burden of sins that you're caring about would be lifted. That's our chief desire. That you can know that you can have sins forgiven. That you can know that you can have eternal life and peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so God's bottom line isn't which church did you attend? How many prayers did you pray? God is not going to ask you all of these long questions. His bottom line is, what do you think of my son? What place does the Lord Jesus Christ have in your life? And what are you going to say? If God was to ask you that, what do you think of my son? What would you say? Peter is writing to those who believe he is precious. Precious. The other Lord's Day morning, a young university student, engineering student, was up on his feet, praying, thanking God for the Lord Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. His voice wasn't shivering or shaking, but I opened my eyes and I looked across. He used his hand. He was doing this. You know why? The Lord Jesus Christ is precious. Why would He ever die for a sinner like me? Why would His precious blood ever be shed for the forgiveness of my sins? I didn't deserve it. He was the innocent one. I was the guilty one. And if you thought about that, the tears would flow. The heart would melt. Is He precious to you tonight? Spring cleaning. We had these old triangle tables. I don't know where we got them from. I guess it was like an old hospital that was closing out and they had a, from their physio there, every department. 
And the legs were wobbly and everything else. I mean, they were disgraced to even have in our basement. And anyway, spring cleaning, that was the last we could have them in our house. And we put them out. We were embarrassed to put them out on the side of the road. <laughs> we didn't want people to think that Ramses had that kind of stuff in their basement. But reluctantly, we put it out and we put a sign on, free. And uh, we didn't really need to do that. And we thought we, we would end up having to load them back into a truck or the trunk of our car and take them to the dump ourselves. And I just got back in the door and this little pickup truck slammed on its brakes, put it in reverse and stopped the truck and picked up those tables and drove away with a big smile on his face. What was trash to us was a treasure to him. And what's trash to the world out there who don't appreciate the Lord Jesus Christ? There are those in this room tonight and Christ is a treasure to us. We believe he is precious. And what about you though? Is he trash? Or can you say, oh, he's a treasure. He's the best treasure I have. That's the difference between a Christian Someone who's going to heaven and someone who's not. If we were to ask the Apostle Peter, Peter, why would you call the Lord Jesus precious more than once? Peter, you wrote about his precious blood. And now you're using that word precious again? Peter, why? You were one of those rugged, macho fishermen out there in the seas of Galilee. What changed? What transformed your life? I think Peter would be delighted to give you an answer. He would say, the Lord Jesus Christ is precious because, first of all, who He is, unique from all others, intrinsically holy, the value, the excellency of His person. There's no other person that ever walked the sands of time or the face of this planet like the Lord Jesus Christ. Who He is makes Him precious, sinless, spotless, never had a wrong thought in his mind. When they were nailing him to the cross, they didn't have to open his hands up and say, you put your knee on his hand there to keep them open. There was no resistance on his part. What a beautiful life. He was going willingly to the cross, unique from all others who he is. God manifest in flesh. God in human flesh. Precious because of who He is. And then I think Peter would very quickly say, but not only precious because of who He is, but who I was. I was only a sinner. I was only an insignificant fisherman on the shores of Galilee. Why did He ever stop and show an interest in me? Why did He pick me up? He's precious to me because of who I was. I didn't deserve Him. Why else would you say, Peter, he's precious? Peter would say he's precious because what he did, he paid the ultimate sacrifice for my sins. Peter wrote about precious blood. That's the ultimate. Did he have to do that for me and for you? No. He could have been a righteous, holy God. Absolutely right and absolutely fair God if he had sent all of us to hell wouldn't have tainted his character at all. But because he loved you, because he loved me, he died on the cross for my sins. He is precious because of what he did. 
And then I think Peter would say, he's precious because of what I have. I have. Oh, there's some days that I just think, man, life might be rough. I could lose my house. I might not have money to pay my bills. Many, many things can happen to a Christian, a child of God. They can lose their jobs. But there is one thing a Christian cannot lose. We cannot lose our salvation. Peter would say he's precious because of what I possess. What I have is eternal in nature. God's salvation. Oh, do you have God's salvation? Are you saved? I love Him. That's the difference between someone who really has God's salvation and someone who doesn't. Unto you therefore which believe He is precious. Are you among those who believe the Lord Jesus Christ is precious? Oh, how precious is the Lord Jesus Christ! But why? Well, it's because of who He is, the unique, holy, and sinless Son of God. Because of what He has done for sinners. He paid the price of sin on the cruel cross of Calvary. But He's also precious considering who we are, that He loves poor, rebellious sinners like ourselves. And He's precious for what we have because of Him eternal life that will never end or be taken from us. Yes, my friend, who else comes close to the preciousness of Christ? But is he precious to you? Or are you a Christian in name only? Come to Christ today for salvation, confessing who you are in the sight of God, just a poor, helpless sinner, and receive his work on the cross on your behalf. We hope that Christ has become precious to you today. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.